Hello and welcome to this episode of the Coaching Podcast from British Canoeing Awarding Body. Hello and welcome to today's rerun episode of the podcast. To celebrate the upcoming Canoe Slalom World Championships being held at Lee Valley from the 19th to the 24th of September 2023, we're going back into the vaults for an interview that Sid did in season two with Greg Hitchin. Greg is now our lead for Kayak Cross at British Canoeing and in this interview he and Sid talk about his history with slalom, becoming a coach and what he's learned that's brought him to where he is today. It's a really great lesson. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Right then, so thanks for joining us today. Today's interview is with Greg Hitchin. He's one of our um, world-class slalom coaches and I'm going to start pretty much straight away by thanking you for finding the time to join us, Greg. Yeah, no problem. It's also a real, real pleasure, I think. Sometimes you you kind of take the fact that we're we get wrapped up in the busy life of being a coach. Uh, in actual fact, it's a it's a pretty incredible job to be doing. Uh, so yeah, more than happy to talk about it, talk about my coaching so far today, and uh, really enjoy reflecting back on what I've done and how I've got there. So looking forward to it. Cool. So do you want to just set the scene in? So what what, what is your role? What, what, yeah, I've mentioned you work in the world class program, but which one and, and what do you do? <laughs> Yeah, cool. Uh, currently, I am a uh, podium technical coach on the Canoe Slalom program based in Lee Valley. Uh, yeah, working with our elite senior senior Canoe Slalom athletes. Oh, cool. So that those are the ones we're hoping to be winning medals with, uh, and the, the the best the best of our bunch. This is all good. Yeah, very much so. Yes. And how long how long have you been involved in um, in in British Canoe's program? Okay, well, <laughs> uh, the current role I'm doing now is relatively short. I started that position in November. Uh, so, yeah, pretty new to the, the role I'm currently doing. However, you're going to be jogging, jogging back a little bit here now. I would say I think I started working as a coach for what was the Canoe England program back in about 2008, I think it was. Oh, okay. So you've been, been in and around the kind of um, full-time um, coaching setting for quite some time now yeah yeah so in in a varying degree of roles basically but uh yeah i started in 2008 working as part of one of the regional coaches a part of the i think it was through the talent club uh community sports partnership stuff or something like that a variation of of, of a program to to, uh, and the club so where did it all start for you were you a paddler yourself is that you started along this so tell, let's start with just a bit of background about your paddling. Where did you? Where did it all start for you? Uh, yeah, cool. My sister used to go canoeing and normally, you know, get dragged along to these things. Hopped in a boat myself, really enjoyed it. Uh, and at the time, uh, living in Nottingham, there wasn't actually a strong club at home Pierpont in terms of real slalom focused. Uh, and so we ended up going along to Matlock. Uh, so I was a member of Matlock Canoe Club. Uh, used to spend you know, many, many an hour on the River Derwent there. That's where I kind of feel, feel my home of canoeing is for me. Uh, was, and it, so um, was it a slalom that you started in? Was that the... Yeah, yes. Yeah, straight into slalom. Uh, never really. It wasn't kind of until I started doing coaching 
that I actually ventured out really and tried different forms of canoeing. I was pretty uh, isolated in what I did, but it was it was always just slalom, yeah. And started off as a as a kayak paddler, and dabbled with a little bit of C two along the way, and then did a little bit more C two at the back end of my my paddling career, so to speak. Uh, yeah, I competed as a under twenty three athlete uh, on on world class programs, but never kind of really made that next step up, and that's okay. kind of probably what then led me into coaching. I'd always liked to help out as a coach at the canoe club uh, and felt almost like I got as much, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, kind of satisfied, satisfying, you know, reward from being a coach as I almost was as a paddler. So it always felt quite, quite a natural thing and something I had my eye on even when I was paddling. Do you, remember, do you remember what it was about paddling that, because get exposed to lots of sports as a as, as a youngster you know what was it about paddling that that uh, that rang your bell or, or, or that attracted you any any memories of, of what what it was or was it just opportunistic be assisted <laughs> probably a little bit of opportunistic and also you know quite instantly became it was rewarding in that I managed to feel like I was progressing pretty quickly with this you know I'm in this boat and I'm progressing I could see where I was going and I liked the the social aspect there was at the club and the people that were around there uh, and yeah just kind of grew into that loving the feeling of having a boat on the water was pretty something like I hadn't really experienced before uh, and so yeah it just kind of took off and you know it's not something I've necessarily really thought about you just kind of start off on this journey and next thing you're 10 years down the line and it's engrosses yeah, yeah. your life you know and, and was it was so did you you must have enjoyed the racing as well as the training because that, that's canoeing is quite a broad sport and there's lots of ways you can participate without actually competing but you know but sounds like from the beginning you've been involved in a in the competitive side of paddle sport which isn't isn't necessarily the biggest bit in terms of most a lot of people participate in in recreational or, or you know, non-competitive areas so was it the racing did that did you enjoy that as well or was, was that or was that it was the, the racing side of it is probably more of a love-hate relationship than anything okay. i would say uh i was probably more of a trainer than anything i liked the i like training i like working hard i was probably somebody who you know got got the most out of my natural ability in many ways uh but probably quite like the the challenge of of training hard and and that kind of daily working towards goals and, and pushing myself uh i guess racing would probably be a little bit yeah like you know a bit love hate in that sense of that obviously it's quite a lot of pressure around racing but that's what you're working towards doing mm -hmm. so uh i would say that yeah the the idea of the recreational side of canoeing didn't really appeal to me that much yeah, in all fairness i give you the, the the focus of having targets or goals just worked with your psyche the way you like you like to do your sport yeah yeah say so pretty pretty influenced by my, my my dad and my sister my dad you know really keen in into sport and it became a real kind of family family thing that we all that was we were all heavily involved with and kind of took over all of our lives in a in a positive okay. way so yeah and so 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 how, so how did the transition to coaching or or more to coaching from the paddling how did that how did that come about what um, I probably initially started doing a little bit when I was quite young, when I had injuries, just helping out at the at the canoe club. And when younger athletes, younger paddlers would start, I was always felt quite willing and wanted to help them. 
uh, and then as I was as I moved to being a full-time athlete in Nottingham, uh, guy Alan Edge was doing quite a bit of uh, running running co- uh, slalom specific coaching stuff and just kind of got involved with that started also doing some coaching at uh what then started as home pierpont canoe club uh, and just really enjoyed it but yeah really okay. enjoyed it it felt like so a this real was, this was parallel transition. to paddling that was parallel yeah to paddling. yeah you were still yeah yeah so it was it was uh complementing the both just just before we finish with your paddling any standout memories from you as a paddler any bits that really stick out or or what was it the 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 regularity that 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 you recall any any kind of key you know key moments that you think if i think back to my youth as a paddler that one stands out or anything like that uh, no probably just probably just if i look back and think of the stuff i miss is probably that um the people i was able to train with and the, the sessions on an evening under the floodlights that sort of thing is that uh is what i probably missed even even you know strangely you know getting changed on the side of the road in this yeah. stupid cold weather and and getting on and kind of those kind of crazy days yeah but probably just some of the people that i was able to go canoeing with would be the the fondest memories you know i had you had good results along the way that i feel pretty proud of but probably don't necessarily reflect back on those it probably more the you know the time i got to spend with people that i respect and enjoyed being around it's quite interesting that because um it from an outsider's point of view it looks like an individual sport because there's just you in the boat but actually from the conversations i've had with other people mostly people are driven by the social the show social part of that some people are also driven by the winning but but it always seems to be a standout that it's the the, the social contact that, that that kept them coming back uh, as well as the environmental kind of uh, being in the, on the water and just the feel of that yeah i would say yeah I would, yeah i'd say that but also i think i was pretty fortunate to have uh, really supportive parents uh, you know especially especially my dad and the time that i got to spend doing doing canoeing with him and also then you know, you always have these people in, in your life that you go along, uh, people that I was either training with or were coaching me at the time. I was really, really fortunate to have some specific people that played a big part of helping me progress. Uh, and they probably also would have, would have helped shape how I feel as a coach now in that sense, you know, being exposed to to good people, I think has, has, has been a, a real big factor for me and very fortunate. So, so when was the transition then to becoming more of a coach than more of a paddler? So you, you said you were doing them parallel for a while. Then, then I'm guessing at some point the competitive career or the or the that that came to an end. Was that when the transition came to more coaching, or or was there? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I guess uh, I'd finished my under twenty three career and wasn't necessarily progressing I'd, I'd come off the world-class program and it kind of self-supported uh for a few years and it was getting to that point of you know needing to kind of make a bit of a career choice and at the time was really fortunate that uh a lot of coaching full-time coaching positions became available uh say through canoe england at the time with these regional roles and it was one of those where I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll apply. It's just something that really is really interesting to me. I was a bit of a crossroads in my career, so to speak, and thought this would be something that really appeals to me. I'll apply, see what happens. If nothing else, it's a really good experience to to be involved with, and literally just went from there. Uh, yeah, okay. And so, and and so that where was that first position? Was that in Nottingham? 
Uh, no, it wasn't. I was actually a regional coach in uh, in Yorkshire and spent most of the time working with Green Star Canoe Club in Doncaster. So there was okay. a lot of traveling, a lot of traveling involved. But that was, yeah, it was uh, working in the Yorkshire region uh, and kind of you know real entry level club based uh, coaching. It was a real good starting point for for my coaching career in that sense you know really did kind of not I wouldn't don't like the word of starting at the bottom but that's kind of mm-hmm. uh you know started you know Doncaster uh, working with Green Star you know coaching beginners on a lake coaching kids that did four races mm-hmm. uh and that kind of was what, what it was when I started but again really fortunate to work with some incredible people uh, and you kind of real get a real grounding for what goes on and how the sport happens with the amount of volunteers and people giving up their time uh, and I certainly see that as a, it was a really good starting point uh, for my coaching career and, and was it different when because that would coaching therefore for a, a job as opposed to what would have been a hobby up until then was there a change or was that or, or was that a did you feel Actually, it's great. I'm now getting paid to do what I quite enjoy. <laughs> you know, I, I was doing this for free before. <laughs> uh, yeah, to some extent. I mean, I've always felt very privileged to be able to do the job we do because it, in some ways it doesn't feel like a job. You know, look forward to work every day, which I appreciate. Not not everybody gets is able to do that. Uh, I think it probably felt quite quite a natural transition. However, you soon started to realise that actually don't really know a great deal about this coaching. You know a bit about canoeing, but actually I don't know a lot about this coaching business. Uh, and you soon start to have a bit of an eye opener, I think. So, so I've got a couple of, couple of things come out of that then. So, so, so you started, you would have started having regular athletes that you were coaching, you know, um, you were responsible for, as opposed to, I suppose, before in the club, it might have been more ad hoc and helping out. But now you had your team that you were responsible for is that when you realize maybe i need i needed a bit more information than, than i thought you know um fixing little bits here and there or, or you know uh, i guess inadvertently what happened was when we started those roles I, I started off with you know virtually no coaching experience in mm-hmm. in reality i'd never done any formal uh coaching awards fully uh, i'd start to say i started off a little bit with, with doing some of the stuff with alan edge and at the time the awards had just changed to the UKCC stuff. So we'll quite, again, it was quite, quite a task at the time, but we literally started at the very bottom and Mm -hmm. did the whole, I did, you know, started at level one and worked all the way through. So soon kind of started to get a real insight into the whole process and realizing that there was a lot more, I couldn't just rock up and coach some kids canoeing, you know, Uh, and been quite fortunate that I've, I've, progressed through the whole of the British Canadian coaching awards from the start of my coaching career. Would you say that has that scaffolded your your learning? Has it has, has it guided, you know, where what's been the biggest source of learning? I mean, probably the actual athletes out on the water, they seem to often be the biggest source of learning. But but you said you you didn't really know much about the coaching process. Yeah. So I would say is, I thought I did. I thought, okay. I thought, I thought, you know, coaching was all just about the knowledge of canoeing and you telling somebody how to do something to some extent. And that's not saying that that's the way I was coached, but it would be more 
probably thinking that my my role was to impart this knowledge of how to do something and obviously well from a personal perspective you soon understand that that's not what coaching is about and there's far more to it and it's far more complex than that uh, mm-hmm. and so that has very much evolved over time and you probably almost sit here now thinking I know less about canoeing and coaching than I did 10 15 years ago because you start to delve into the complexities of it all far more um but yeah I've been very very fortunate I, th- I think actually in terms of learning I would say you know got the learning of, of, of an athlete uh and then yeah I've been on quite a few courses and awards and I've done all that but I'd probably say learning from the athletes that I work with learning from my peers fellow coaches and then I've had some really good really good mentors along the way and they would probably be the, the key the key learnings that I would or how I've taken key learnings so far and then I suppose I'm making an assumption here that one of the next biggest steps would have been when you joined the team at Lee Valley and were then coaching during the day as opposed to around the day what I mean by that is <laughs> often with the talent we're having to fit in around school college things like that whereas once you're um, on the program you're coaching during the day, uh, you know, uh, on a more of a eight till kind of five slot. So was that was that a change as well when you when you came onto the to the program? As- yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, yeah, I guess previously to coming down to Lee Valley, I was the Ents coach uh, based in in Home Pierpont, and I'd done that for more or less a full cycle, I think, before starting as what at the time was the podium potential lead coach to come down to Lee Valley. And yeah, certainly that one thing that really appealed to me was the, the how to have the opportunity to work with athletes on a full time basis uh, with without as many restrictions in that in that sense, you know, you've got pretty much unprecedented access, you've got a absolutely probably the best facility in the world to operate out of. Uh, and that was Yeah, it's a big, a big change, but uh, one that I was was certainly felt ready for and uh, and again, would would create has created more opportunities in terms of a coach to learn learning how to coach in that environment uh, so what, was definitely the, a change. What's the different challenges of being in in that in that environment than than when you were working uh, in the talent space? So what's the what's the difference? I suppose if, if <clears throat> the talent coach, for instance, was listening to this, what what and they were thinking about the change, what is the <clears throat> the key difference you think for being involved in the the full-time daytime type of coach yeah probably just a lot more bespoke to the individual uh you're not trying to work with high numbers of athletes that you're trying to you know get through a volume of people to see in a day and cramming sessions in and uh you're able to tailor specific sessions uh to the athletes to one or two athletes individual needs rather than trying to incorporate you know four or five six seven athletes into one session where you can't really necessarily work on one specific thing whereas here we have the volume of sessions available to us that i can go on you know thursday morning we want to go and work on this with said athlete and i can go and do that Mm -hmm. and i I have less uh things less blockers in the way of being able to go about that it's very much yeah a lot more bespoke in terms of working to a, a paddler's philosophy uh and making it about them rather than making the athlete have to adapt and adjust to what's going on Mm -hmm. and so 
how did you find um because there's also a lot more support staff that are, that are around you and, and again that's coach kind of evolves into a leader as as well as a as well as a on the water or on the bank practitioner that they they've also got to kind of lead this team around an athlete as well Does, did that come naturally or you know is there any learnings that reflections on that yeah it's probably something that i'd still say i still work having to work on now you know you it's not just you uh certainly when you're operating in the in the talent side of the program you're probably a little bit more you're in charge of of everything whereas yeah as you're getting into the world-class programs you've got a it's really good in that you've got an opportunity to tap into many people but sometimes that can become complex in itself uh you, you've got far more people to draw upon and, and far more people to for the athlete to go to as well uh and yeah probably still getting used to being able to optimize those opportunities whether it's you know how we best work with the physio or the snc or performance analysis and again it, it becomes you you might work with one athlete that doesn't want to draw upon some of those areas and might just look specifically to yourself or you might have another athlete who is really eager to delve into every single area and might require you to go and, and work you know quite explicitly with some of those people so you've got to kind of variety and adapt to the individual's needs a bit more rather than being a blanket approach so uh, i suppose that that comes with that bespoke uh, as you've said there it becomes more and more bespoke and more and more individualized the, the the further along the pathway we get partly because we've got the luxury of time uh, and the luxury of ratio and then the luxury of, of more support um so so the coaching role kind of evolved it, it sounds from talking to you there you've actually worked the entire part of the pathway from say from, from introducing flat water to to teaching uh, to, to coaching uh, podium athletes uh, you know uh, uh, competing at the highest level so so I, i've asked this question of each of the coaches uh, because i'm sure you've made some mistakes along the way <laughs> and, and um and, and I think it's about the hum, human, seeing the human in it, because I think we all make mistakes. And I, I was thinking, is there any, any key learnings that stand out from you that if I was to talk about learning from mistakes as well as learning from the things you've got right, any that stand out or any ones that you could, that would bring some light for the, for the aspiring yeah. coaches? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It could be, could probably be here all day, so try, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I guess a few things would be is, working hard to not install my thoughts and theories and, and philosophies necessarily on individuals it's not about me necessarily and my beliefs of how something should be done which i think is a real fine balance as a coach that you can if you're not careful you could have an athlete and you're trying to get them to do essentially what you think is is right and that not that it takes a bit of time to realize that that isn't always the case what you or your picture in your head of what something technically should be done might not actually be right for that individual and and trying to take a more broader approach to not just uh install my philosophy but working with the athlete to develop their own whilst knowing that a role of a coach is to be a source of knowledge and uh you know, the, they are. You are there to to help them work on areas that they want to work on and develop, yeah, yeah. but without imposing your ideas and thoughts on. 
Uh, and that was something I certainly feel like I've got better at doing. Uh, and, you know, realizing it's, it's not, it's not about me. So it is about the athlete, I think would be a big one. Uh, time would be the another one uh, and not trying to do too much. I think the biggest thing is making sure that every session you do, you're clear on the purpose, you're clear on the task and the goal that you're trying to achieve within that session because you can get drawn into, when you've got so many sessions available to you day in, day out, you could probably get drawn into actually just churning these sessions out and you don't really, you can get to the end of a block of training and not really be clear on what you're actually trying to achieve, whereas you really wanted to make every single day count and that comes by being absolutely clear what when you start that session that day what it is you're there for and what you're trying to do mm-hmm. and i think that would that would probably be one of my over overriding things that i've i've learned and would reflect back on and think oh my word what what on earth were we doing there because we you know we were just going <laughs> canoeing essentially which isn't a bad thing but certainly at this end this level of the sport you need to be you need to be clear every day what you're doing and why you're doing it I think you, you made a valid point there is, is elsewhere in the pathway, it might just be about going paddling because you want them to keep enjoying what they're doing and not overly focus on always getting better. And yeah. is about let's have some fun. Because- yeah. And, but again, like at this end, of this it can be, if you're clear on that, what's, that's what the task for the day is, then that's yeah. absolutely perfect. But if you, you know, if we're putting the boat on the water or we're setting a course for the athletes to do, we're, we're just setting it without any, clear uh means about what we're trying to achieve then you, you start to get into you know sessions that are just you're just doing for the sake of it so so i'm just um so saying back to you there so it, you, one of the learnings has been that you, you're needed to adapt to the to the athlete to to how they perform so so part of that role might be to help them understand how they perform <laughs> because because early days i mean when we i've taught more novice paddlers they don't necessarily know how it's best for them. And so it might be more coach given information, but as we move further along, that's not going to, not going to work at the very end. It's much more partnership and, and helping them understand their, their strengths and how they're going to maximize them for that particular um, gate sequence or that particular race. Yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. You've nailed it in the summary there. That's it, to be honest. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's very much a collaboration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you we're working with, fortunate enough to work with some of the best athletes in the world and clearly they they know a thing or two about going canoeing yeah, yeah. So it's about working together and working with that wider team to to really you know effectively plan reflect effectively reflect and look for those next steps and stages that you can make the benefit in uh, whereas yeah down down the pathway there will be an element of having to be a little bit more direct and explicit around what you're doing and as i said earlier you can't be as as bespoke because of just it doesn't allow the amount of people that you may be working with uh so yeah really really agree with what you've what you said there so on a few occasions from here uh, greg you've talked about how you really enjoy your job that you enjoy coming to work you know and 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 i suppose uh, the question i'm going to ask you is what is it that you really enjoy about that because because on the outside it can also appear like a high pressure job in terms of um delivering results so so what is it about that high performance environment that 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 really really resonates for you what 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 is it (laughs) yeah yeah uh good really good question and probably something that i don't think about enough i just uh 
I would say I'm really fortu fortunate here in Lee Valley, the environment to work in, whether it's the colleagues uh, that get to work with, all the athletes, uh, the autonomy that we have is pretty is is really good. Uh, you know, you're very much allowed to go about shaping how you want how you want to be as a coach. Uh, the development opportunities that are out there to to progress your learning as a coach is something that's really cool. But but probably it's just working with people that are driven and they want to be there as much as you do. And so you're not kind of thinking you, you've not got to get you know i've got to go and talk to whoever in the canteen at work who clearly can't be bothered to go and pack those boxes today or whatever whereas i'm able to turn up to work and know that there are you know 20 other people that are absolutely desperate to be there and be the best best versions of themselves and want to learn and want to progress and want to think about new things and try try new ideas uh and just yeah maybe the, the evolution of the sport as well is pretty cool it's really never standing still there's always new ways of doing something or trying new things uh that's really appealing uh i'm trying to think what else you'd said on the questions it's, yeah no it was, I, I suppose it's, it is the fact that, that uh, again i'll, I'll paraphrase a little bit it is the fact that each day is different and you're surrounded by people who are driven one of the things that always strikes me when you talk about lee valley being a world-class facility I don't just think that includes the bricks and mortar. I think it does include the, the people that are actually there. It's it's such a positive environment to be to be in as a as a, an employee, but equally the, the athletes. I think you know, although we all have days when we don't feel quite quite like the yeah. best. But I, I sometimes I stand there, I look back, and you think the sun's out, the waters looks amazing, and and uh, and we've got these people really aspiring to be the best versions of themselves which which is great yeah, absolutely in that environment and, and that positivity it makes that that uh day pass a lot quicker than it might do <laughs> you know? yeah no absolutely uh you know sport can be brutal don't get me wrong mm -hmm. uh it's it's a tough place to be at times uh and can be you know mentally pretty draining uh you know the amount of travel time away it's a real it's not just the commitment of myself to the role it's the commitment of my wife and children they have to you know it's, it's a commitment to them as well it's a life uh mm -hmm. you know you've got to be prepared to probably not see your wife and kids for over 100 days a year uh, you've got to enjoy the people that you're around because you spend so much time with them and that's probably the other key element of of what you don't realize at this level is that I probably see the athlete. I'll probably see the athletes that I work with more than I do my family, mm -hmm. and so you've got to be able to work hard at building those relationships with those individuals and find that common ground. And that's why you've got to really enjoy what you do because it is—it's a commitment. It's not just something where it's not just that nine to five. You know, one day you might be required. You know, you never—you never not coaching in that sense. Mm -hmm. I think is probably the other thing that you maybe don't realize when you get into that, but you're never really not coaching. There's no necessarily such thing as a, a full day off. There's probably something to be to do in or somebody who you're going to have to speak to because, you know, being an athlete is 24 seven. Yeah. Yeah. So, so if, if you had somebody was thinking about, um, you know, I, I've experience of being on the, um, the athlete side of this, of the fence. Uh, if I was thinking about going into, high performance coaching you know that high performance environment coaching what is there any advice you'd give them about 
being your replacement in in the future so how, how any, any what, yeah, if you were going back to to, to chat to your, your young self when you first started uh, any any key advice that you'd, you'd give to, to to them in developing uh <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a showstopper. yeah yeah i mean a real big question so i think just being willing to to learn and and not be you know paralyzed by one or two ways of doing something that there's you know there's as i said earlier coaching is so complex you're working with people and and social interactions that you you know no one day is going to be the same no one session is going to be the same and then you've got the complexity of canoeing itself in there i think you've just got to really be willing to adapt and adjust and it's very much about the person that you're working with not necessarily even about the sport in that sense and you know you can get more out of a session by being able to work and understand the individual than necessarily knowing how to do an upstream <laughs> Yeah, Does that yeah. makes sense. And I think if I'd have known that earlier, that could have that could have helped me. Uh, but again, yeah, at the same time, really fortunate to have been able to interact with quite a few what I would see as you know mentors along the way. And I would always encourage people to to go and have conversations with other coaches because that's really how how I think you can do a lot of learning and understand other people's experiences. There's probably they've probably already done what you've done and mm -hmm. you can kind of trim that experience down a little bit by just constantly having good, good conversations, you know, embracing yourself in any learning opportunities that come along. Uh, I think that'd be my key things really. I always, I always think if I, if I was able to talk to my younger self, I would say, don't be afraid to experiment. As long as you reflect on those experiments and don't be afraid to engage with the athlete, about what they thought about that experiment as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, guess I, can, as... I can think it's great and actually, and I speak to them and they go, that didn't work for me at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I guess as an athlete, you have a very clear picture in your head of what success was for you and what that journey to success looked like. And so you have to be really clear in that you're not trying to shape or impose that picture onto the people that you're working with because they're on a different journey you know they're not doing this they're not taking the same path as you so i think that would also be a, another key key thing to be thinking about uh and that you know you probably pick up on those first few coaching sessions that you're going to do and you you'll start off basically you know almost trying to replicate what you did yeah, yeah. Uh, and you soon start to realize that that's quite a narrow way of thinking so so that, that's yeah so being open-minded about solutions i suppose is is that 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 paraphrasing that back to you so so we're coming kind of to the end of our conversation here so but what what's the future for you what's the what's the short term what's happening in the rest what's happening for the rest of this year <laughs> I wish you uh, well so if you've got the if you've got the answers <laughs> to that Sid, that'd be fantastic and you could if you could update me but yeah we're very much at the minute look at uh, preparing towards the european championships at the beginning of may so all being well obviously we know we know what things are going on in the world right now but that's probably a, again another another thing about being a coach you've got to constantly make a plan you know, adapt, adjust, make a new plan, adapt, adjust. And that would probably, you know, signify what's going on at the minute. But hopefully, yeah, the European Championships at the beginning of May. And then as we progress through the summer, some of the World Cup races and then into the uh, World Championships in Bratislava 
towards the back end of the season in September. Uh, yeah, it's the start of the start of the this Olympic cycle as we lead in towards Paris. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, just really trying to look at those first first stepping stones of, of that cycle with the athletes we work with, and uh, hopefully we'll get to do some international racing. That would be that, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> we'll, we'll keep them crossed that the, that the world is is going uh, in in the positive direction with regard racing. Yeah. Um, so absolutely, uh, thanks thanks for taking the time, Greg, to uh, to to chat to us. I've I've, um, I've enjoyed finding out a bit of background knowledge to yourself there, and uh, I'm sure it'll, it'll, it'll give me even more to pick your brains when I'm stood next to you on the bank. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no problem, no problem at all. Uh, always, always happy to chat canoeing and coaching. And so, yeah, when you're a coach, it's 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 everything. It's you know, it's your passion, it's life, and uh, I think it's all going to well me saying I really enjoy it. But I think you have to you have to enjoy it to want to get the most out of it. So, but yeah, no, thank, thanks, thanks, I really enjoyed it myself too. Splendid, Martin. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for the next episode. Remember to review, rate and subscribe. Bye for now.